They have faded, the type C's. Yeah, the type C's have faded, so I was just terribly embarrassed. And I had to think that thing through. And I did in this period. I began to think of color photography as a performance. The way you think of dance, or the way you remember a performance by a certain musician. I had been, when Jane Welling when I was in contact with her, I had visited her up in her place in Scattercoke, New York, which is about 30 miles from Benning. And I myself had been very interested in modern dance and photographed a lot of it in the 30s, including up at Benning, where Martha Graham was there. And, and Ted Sean had been there. Cunningham. Well, I remember there when Ted Sean. That was earlier. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the uh, New York women were later. Jane Dudley, Sophie Maslow. That was me. Ever hear those names? They were all my teachers. Oh, really? <laughs> sure. Hey, that's funny. Well, The idea of a performance, you think, is oh, yeah. much more right. exclusive that, to color than to black and white? Oh, yes. I had thought of black and white all the time as if it were, you know, archival, that it was going to last forever. And uh, then, uh, that relieved me when I started doing color again, that, okay, it, at least I could make the ideas. It was a very conceptual idea. I could do the thing, and it would last as long as it would last. And maybe, hopefully, somebody would someday make a permanent kind of process. Now, I knew there was one permanent process, but that was beyond my capabilities. And that was carbon or carbon. That's essentially a permanent process, except in the bugs eat the emulsion. Uh, so that's when I went to dye transfer. My hope was I could get some separation, bad as they would be, for the price. Commercial photographers were getting even then up to three, four hundred dollars a piece of food thing, and I knew about High Wisdom's food pictures in the early 30s when I was a young, you know, very young boy. I remember those pictures being very beautiful food things, but I never saw any pictures excepting real kitschy things, you know, out west. And so I brought all my knowledge and feelings about the modern way of seeing and explored a tremendous number of avenues, including color pictures of black and white objects, which I will show you some. I'm going to have to show you some slides and talk about my thoughts there, which is nothing too horrible. <laughs> anyway, you see, that is it's a very powerful picture to be on several levels. The level of, you know, that being a baby, you know, baby gray, but the idea of using the dream of the red, you see, for enhancing the irony or whatever you want to call it, of the linguistics of that this is a metaphor for a baby to use the power of complementary colors to reinforce that idea was something I was doing very consciously, trying to see what the hell photography in color, how it differed from black and white, and how did it differ from painting. See, that's what I haven't mentioned. I'm trying to see, is there anything in painting 
that is unique to painting, and is there something in photography? Well, I figured out that the unique thing about it. See, I was not interested in mixed media ever. I can call that a block, or you can call it, you know, a choice. A block because I couldn't, you know, draw, so I didn't do it. But I couldn't draw. Uh, there was something, when I grew up, what I felt was there was something unique about the machine. And that's what the 20s are all about, and earlier the breaks. It's the coming grips with the machine. And this new photo secession, one was against the machine, and the real retrograde movement of photography has always been about 30 years behind other art, excepting perhaps recently at moments. But all of us have had it. In the past, it's been retrograde. Uh, but the thing that is really was exciting me was machine color. The idea of using machine to produce color. Ah, I'll show you the use of the work. I worked both in 35 and uh, 45. These two were 45, and that was a 35. And I just never saw pictures like this. Now, and I, you know, improved the days, and I can see how this has been graded by Howard and Ellen. So delicate that it's like a butterfly's wing. This, <coughs> some things like this, rocks. I, I, well, I'll just show them and you can ask any questions. This is that's all mixed up. This was part of that series. And there, Eastman kept talking, you see, about the sunlight should be in your back and it should be taking sunlight. You can't take it in any other kind of light. I photographed in every kind of light. I had a 1-4 lens. And I, uh, uh, you know, photographed when it rained and it snowed and twilight. And I accepted whatever the hell the color it was. And that was a great wrench, you see. I mean, you know, I had to get myself in the mood of getting away from what was thought to be color photography, namely the reproduction of the object, and get back to what the painter always knew, and which I knew too, that the photograph was not the thing. It was an image, you know, and had its own mind. Today, you know, I look back and see Monet, you know, really pants and so on, and I see the things that other people long ago explored. But at that time, there was, yep, there were influences. It was mainly the 20s that the influence on me. You know, Leger, I love Leger, I love Stuart Davis. Not at that point too interested Picasso as you know, emotional things. I mean, I love ambiguity. I've always just been very excited about games like chess, puzzles, the illusionary nature of the mind. I first encountered Freud when I was probably 16. where this came from. 
The amazing thing to me is that they still look fresh. Now maybe that's, you know, me, that I'm stuck there. You'll have to tell me whether they look fresh when they're through to you. I want to, first I want to more. No, no, I'm saying. See, I explored things like this, runs of color, which I don't know any photographer that did that. That was all new. But then my bowels orientation also came out in Maholi and everybody. Well, he was interested in scientific photographer, photography, you know, that had the ambiguity but the form. He didn't know it was large or big or small or, you know, a piece. There was a great deal of mystery in that, as well as the growth of the whole photojournalistic movement, you know, the Holstein publications, the eyes and spots, the, the ears. Yeah, I'm very consistent with the optical illusion. Don't bet your life on that one, you see. You fell right into that. All you have to do is tell yourself it's in and out and you go in and out for it. And I did those in black and white, too. In a long before. Anyway. Hard to make it late. 
about this picture. Yeah. I had long arguments with Roy Stryker, who I worked for at OWI, but color photography could be documentary. He said no. When he was at Jones and Law at the Standard Oil, he said, all right, Smarty, go photograph a ship and take me for a couple of days of work. And I went and photographed the oil tanker and it was finally the color, exactly the way I was. No stranger attached. Because that's the only way I would do it. And um, at the end of the day that I was done with the ship, I was thanking the captain who was very helpful. And walked along the mountain all the day long. And he said, He says, I've been on the ship for 12 years or something. I've never seen it so He's right. Nobody had ever seen the ship the way I saw it. And I made some pictures of the firing, for instance, of the dripping you know, from the pipes where they're broken. Beautiful things. But they never even would show those. Because the pipes were broken. And the only picture that ever was run in both from Standard Oil, the whole Standard Oil project, is one of Arthur Siegel's color photographs. And this is, when Stryker went to Jones and Laughlin, he sent me to Cleveland to the uh, Jones and Laughlin thing, and I did the same thing at some point. And why didn't Hurley use some of my pictures? Because I'm the one that introduced Roy Stryker to color the documentary. There was nobody else who worked in color? No. Oh, yes. Uh, Alex, um, Arthur Raisin and the way they were. Jones and Walker. Big, eight by ten color. Russell Lee did also by... Maybe after he worked center. Yeah, Russell went to uh, Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah. And I think he took everything. And uh, maybe Harold Corsini did. But Roy... And the reason Roy changed his mind was because I changed it for him. At FSA, given that Kodachrome had just come out and there was a great deal of excitement. Incidentally, the Kodachrome speed was 10 minutes, so you know. Yeah, keep that in mind when you see those pictures taken later in the day. Well. At FSA. Given that Kodachrome had just come out, was there any interest by any of those photographers in trying to work on No. Not that I know. If there was, I never would. I don't think there was ever any 
were vegetarian. Mainly because you, what you don't understand is there was no way of reproducing it. Supposing you took a color photograph. No, but FSA was also trying to do magazine reproduction. Yeah, but what you forget is that Life magazine itself didn't use much color until much later. It was very difficult to reproduce color. And there, <laughs> I know because I worked with 35 for Life, in the first days, they said, no, we can't reproduce this. Shoot it on 4 by 5 so you're crazy. The first color cover of Latham Journal was one that I did. Also, uh, a lot of the first things of 35 for life were things that I Well, let's look at the other ones and see. But this is not usually a scratch on this. So that's something we can put forward. Can you get the space mm -hmm. out? Some of these people are the artists. Yeah, right. Yeah. And somewhere it could be different. Right. Again, from the standpoint of seeing the organization influences the 20th century, this is the picture of the picture. It's not the pure scarab. I 
had a laugh when a fellow or two in art from an art movie here about a year ago of a painting. It was only about ten dollars for the little painting. You see No, I mean, it looks a lot like what you know, for the little But I, I don't know. Well, I really don't think using the same material. To the best of my knowledge, to answer your question about what was going on at that time, there were all there were two photographers exploring color photography. The other one was Austin. He was working on photographic for life and life for seven days to my thing was called the modern art by photographer. And uh, he much more totally journalistically oriented. Maybe that was part of what I mean. But this picture looks a little different. Where we were the same, where it was the exploration of emotions, and actually what happened was that it was one time to remember it was a given life from reality, or like David to Sports Illustrated Mail. Spain is what it got to look like. The whole time in slow motion, which I had already done. Why can't somebody, why don't you write something and publish a book? I mean, what isn't this timely? See, what I was thinking about when I was at the Art Institute was, no, I mean, it's really time now because all these calendars. Things, you know, we are confronted today with contemporary kind of stuff. I mean, they don't reflect that somebody worked in this That's area right. 20 years before. See, oh, no, the first time I read... 1977, these were all done in the 50s. I mean, that's very important now to do something about it. But I can't keep, you know, saying, well, I did it then. You can't do that. You, what I've always lacked. See, Harry and Karen were very smart. They always cultivated writers. I cultivated painters, you know, and intellectuals. But Harry and Aaron would do anything to get, you know, writing. Oh, I love that painting. You see that one where the woman actually turns into the jewels that she's talking about. Sort of. See, now this is taken in, in conditions you don't take color. You didn't take color in. It was late. Was God knows what color is for the But that summer, when I was a student and I went to the Boston Museum because we had 
two people. Yeah. Um, it was a raw thing. So for me, that it's like I had grown up looking at some photography magazines where people did that a lot. So, and although clearly that was still real early, the cut, the street stuff, I just, I mean, that was really that's also the problem that in the street stuff, the color is so normal. I mean, the color is not a problem. I mean, you don't see that the color is the, the idea. It's one part of the medium. And that, I mean, that's what the presentation does. Whereas the rest look very applied and conscious. I mean, Search for myself involved in the whole sequence of discovering out of the crowd and chaos, which I know is beginning to focus on people, the actual camera appearing to be people. I was really in trouble. Very bad to hurt. Finally got divorced. My ex-wife was a chance. She went back to Denmark and most very interesting and uh uh then I still go in with Irene And you know whether she she is still taking pictures she was working? Elsa? my daughter went and visited her last fall. I mean we remained friends. I mean that was a very nice relationship. And my divorce was friendly. Luckily, you didn't have any kids. You know, it's great luck. Although I didn't pay her, I didn't pay her. We just separated and have to move and get settled. It was wrong for And uh, there's a nice marriage that's under <laughs> the wrong reason. So it was finished. Today, you know, we might live in the Um In any case, I then had you know, met Irene, and uh, we went together, and then we finally decided that's why I went to Europe in 1954. I went and stayed with Elsa and her family in Copenhagen. And then we traveled all over Europe for two months. And I make up my mind. I went home and get married. So I left her very unhappily, but I decided Irene was the person I wanted to marry. She's married three times, and I've been very angry at my marriage. Well, this is a sampling, and I must count these pictures. <laughs> Why don't we go backwards and you can go oh, yeah, back and face them, too, yeah. unless you want to. Sure. See. I mean, I'm
Uh, working with you, he helped pick out the pictures. I mean, the reason that I'm asking is whether you picked out some points out of your work or whether you try to show your different kind of working. Oh, sometimes, I mean, I've had a lot of, you know, shows. I've had a number of shows, and sometimes I just... Aaron and I had a traveling show. He had 20 black and whites, and I, uh, I had 50 in color. Well, there I tried to show the variety. Uh, other times I've just stuck to the downtown in search myself. That's it. Nothing else. Uh, other times I've actually shown things that give a torn light. Light's very bald for me. That's what I hate about the mixed media video. I think they throw out fine tones, the fine detail. And most importantly, they throw a light out, which photography is the only one that can really. Now, that may be a very reactionary position, but I guarantee you it will continue to be a valid position from their photography. Whereas the others, if you're going to start painting, it's no wonder that somebody like Rauschenberg, you know, is really an international figure, no photographers ever can get that stage. I think. I think there are, I mean, you have a great diffusion now of photography and people touching around the different uh, in the media. The people who really can do it are the painters and drawers. That's where they've committed a lot of their energy and they're pulling in the photography, you know, from another point of view that's very well informed by what's going on. Whereas the photographers, most of them are guilty, they don't know what's going on, you know. And they can't make it in terms of making a real powerful image, which photographically, so they begin to resort to these other devices. And then you have no judgment. There's really no way of judging. Uh, you know, John Wood, Betty Hahn, you know, Heineken. It's all mixed up. You just got a shot. I didn't no, I, I, I only mentioned there is another yeah. one. I mean, I agree with you. I Incidentally, do you want to know how old Jerry Oldman got stoned in his industry? You can check it in one issue of contemporary photography. He was a student, as he said, with Henry O. Smith. Henry, who I were friendly, Wait, asked Henry me... Wait, Henry O. Smith is in Ireland, yeah? No, he was at Indiana. Indiana. There for years. And he's now retired. Uh, and, you know, sort of <coughs> Henry asked me to set the show down to Indiana. Uh, I don't know what here, but anyway, ultimately, he was still stunning there. And I sent a whole bunch of pictures where I had montage by putting negatives together. And I like the transparency. I like transparency. So Jerry saw that show and decided the pictures were, the idea was very good, but he didn't like the idea of showing those negatives together. He wanted to make it as if it were photographed together. And that's where he began working with Montasco. So it's a funny life I've had. I've influenced a lot of things, but nobody's ever pulled it together. No, I don't exist. 
who's conscious stuck away. How much did your camera cost in, uh, in Germany or where uh, This one it? I bought for 800 which is really cheap. How I much mean, is that? Dino, get off! Uh, becoming a great photographer or a photojournalist or an advertising illustrator, a motion picture maybe, a teacher. But I do think that what I contributed was that they all have something in common, namely damn good photography, the history of photography, high-level technique, an understanding you know, of light and the technical apparatus, and a very prejudiced opinion for me, that is my choice, about straight photography, that it will always be the basis for no matter what manipulation you make, you better learn about photography. So, my students, or those that I've come in contact with, have a wonderful basis of a lot of things. But there's no, people keep saying, well, oh, we know the Institute of Design has a style. There is no style. That's the style ever since I got there. There's nobody you can, you know, peg. They're not like Harry's students, who all imitated her. Before I got back, they were imitating her. But I never would show my students my photographs. But I showed everybody pictures, and then occasionally, once every two years, I'd show my pictures as part of an ongoing tradition. You have to know the tradition. You don't have to reinvent everything. And that's how you make your contributions, by knowing the tradition. Well, that's what I was trying to quickly do at Harvard, but more in depth. Uh, you know, at the Institute of Design, we've turned out one hell of a batch, not numbers, but one hell of a batch of trained people, like 120 you know, graduate students. Who, it's just astounding. No matter how many, if you pick up 10 of anything, 10 catalogs, 10 school things, 10 speeches, there's somebody from the Institute designing it. You know, it's just amazing. You think there are a lot of people there aren't. Let me show you. Uh, Let me go to the back. All right, that's extra. I'm sorry. Them, 
and then they uh, uh, will have another batch next year. Wait a second, I didn't understand the first thing. Where is this program University going of Chicago. It's called the National Institute for Humanities. And I made a thing, <coughs> made, gave uh, uh, three lectures to them. And I'm going to show you one of the things they did on color and perception. I will not give you the lecture, however, so you'll just see them in this picture. There was, uh, there was a, this was a two hour or three hour discussion. And, uh, but it has a lot of pictures, perhaps slides. I don't remember exactly what's in it, but it'll give you another you know, point of view on the color. And it had to do then with color as perception. Because I made it, I was down in Phoenix in a motel. 
and waiting for a uh, to do some black and white pictures for a film strip for uh, I think it was International Harvester. And they sent us they had sent us the wrong uh, tractor. So we were waiting there for another tractor. So for four days and it was freezing cold, so we couldn't go swimming in the pool. So for four days, I photographed the pool and this lemon. That's good. Yeah. Have the dot transfers shifted a little bit, or were they always that different from the original? They were all different. Okay. I mentioned that you know, they're not just the way I shifted some of them, or accepted what I couldn't change. See, there's the ambiguity coming out of it. Now, some of these pictures that are in the sequence may not be great pictures, but they're illustrating points of perception that I'm talking about. They may be a rather dumb picture, but they illustrate a very fundamental kind of something that I'm talking about. Another time I want to kind of get the whole spiel on color and perception. Seriously. When was this done? See, most people don't even see that bird. It's, if it's dominated, if the bird gradually comes for most people, it is dominated by this large color. This, this is 54. That was done in Europe. Yeah, it was. I have a nice girl, and, and you know, I've never had a vacation, I think. <laughs> That's one of the standard outfits. See, now that, they should have blocked that thing, you know, made it that big. Striker pulled that out. I think that's why I happen to have that slot. There's a guy named Carl Mostick at that point. Mm -hmm. See why? His son became a writer. Doherty mentioned him. I don't know if he's alive. Yeah. I love this one on any level. That's color photography. Gross. I love it. <laughs> I love this too. It's one of the times. Very dull. I would be very interested if you have some reactions to these things. That's his arms. I did a whole series of those things for a Oh, that phone drum is so contrasting. You wouldn't get it around like that. And oh, I set another parameter. I forgot to tell you. I said I would just take one picture, and I very rarely bracket it. If I bracketed it, it was because I might take several pictures because I thought the picture was pretty good. 
but I rarely bracketed unless the light was changing very rapidly. I was trying to see if I was a professional. Really. There were other things where the color would change the image like this. See whether it's darker or lighter changing your perception. But that really conveys the speed kind of building that is. The color does. See, and that's the kind of thing nobody's And I talk, you know, I was very interested in cultural influences, different cultural color schemes. To me, this is my Japanese picture. Well, half of what I say, I'm sure, is nonsense, but a lot of it is very, you know, pregnant. This is part of a series of maybe 40 pictures on the number 38. <laughs> Today, somebody do a book on this. This is my concern about light.
is his views and your views very different. I'm talking I, about visual. He's talking usually, as near as I can understand it. One is confused, and two, he's talking about the difference between language and visual. And images very frequently. I think he uses it more in a mystic sense. Um, I wish I could think of Nathan as a mystic, but I don't think so at all. I think he's confused. You know, and it sounds, if you really listen to what Nathan's saying, it's very hard to find any deep meanings for it. I mean, take and take it and listen to it a couple of times. These kind of things, see, this is not the end of the video. The other one was. Traditional way. 
And for me, other pictures, I mean, from my perception, are much more interested because they are not dealing with these uh, composition. The composition is not so... I'm just pointing that out because the photographers generally have not thought that anybody ever did anything in color. Now I don't, I can talk about any of those pictures, and I, I don't know why I picked this, you know, one that I talked about, simply because, I guess, because there is some reference. The newer ones, it's harder, perhaps, to, well, I don't know, I don't want to talk no, about it. No, I only want to pick it up to know what you're No, that's interesting. And, you know, one can ask. even there, I'm getting a whole bunch of planes and don't bet your life where anything is, but I love where the little black things there and the white things, you know, and where you figure out the space is, where, I mean, it's a visual change, very rich, and I've seen it a thousand times. Good. Hi, Hello. We've made a mess in your living room, but we'll clean it up. We'll clean it all up from here. See, like that has a visual illusion. I don't know where you even see it. In the top part, it's farther back. Well, my wife, the artist, you get anything done? Ezra has not called. Well, I've called Amtrak. Playing train will do it two something at the moment. It's going to do it seven forty. Yeah. He's a very unhappy fellow. I know he's got a good book to read. Where's she coming from? Elyria, Ohio. There was a derailment. Well, anyway, here you see the quite a few negative the face is up and the illusion of that. The figure ground relationships have always fascinated. This is an absolute straight statement of that. And done deliberately as a straight statement. Now it occurs much more subtly in other pictures. But it makes it easier to talk about this. This is part of a long series of my interaction with a girl that I can't speak with. She's fighting in this town. She starts, I take some pictures, she started posing for me. So I continue to dance with the way between the two of us. And they were wonderful. I mean, I just adored her, I adored the town, I loved the life. I could have, you know, gone on and on. <laughs> but I really took, you know, a lot of pictures of her. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. That's crazy. That's a real figure of you don't even know where the where the death is. May I do a phone call? This is my Danish book. <laughs> 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 oh, excuse me. Sorry, we're blinded. Now, there's, there's no possibility to see it then. No. 